Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the What's Holding You Back January Writing Challenge edition of the 7 a.m. Novelist. I'm Michelle Hoover, your host. Now, this month, we are live talking about everything that might hold a writer back from producing the work they want to write and how they can overcome those roadblocks. Today, we get to hear from two wonderful writers and friends, Christopher Boucher and Dawn Tripp. Good morning, you two. Thank you so much for being on the show. Morning. Good morning. Morning. Good morning. We're just waking up this morning. We're just getting going. Christopher Boucher is the author of the novels How to Keep Your Volkswagen Alive, Golden Delicious, and Big Giant Floating Head, which was a 2019 Massachusetts Book Award finalist. He's also an associate professor of the practice of English in Boston College and the managing editor of Post Road Magazine. And yes, Allison, he does have very good titles. He has probably the best novel titles in the bunch. Dawn Tripp is the author of the novel, Georgia. Now, Dawn keeps her titles a little bit more simple. <laughs> She's, her most recent book was Georgia. It was a national bestseller and a finalist for the New England Book Award and three pre previous novels, Game of Secrets, Moontide, and The Season of Open Water, which won the Massachusetts Book Award for Fiction. Her new novel, Jackie, about Jacqueline Kennedy, will be released in June. All right, folks. We're just going to deal with one question today because it's a big one and it's about interiority. Um, and as we were talking before, uh, we realized that we don't have a common definition of interiority. In fact, I don't think a common definition of interiority actually exists. Um, so this is, this is a big one to think about. In the chat, feel free to echo any of the issues that you think the listeners have. Feel free to offer your own uh, two cents about the issues uh, or any additional questions in terms of interiority that we can go to, and then we'll try to get back to them. Um, by the way, I can probably take maybe, I don't know, one or two more questions. So if you still have something that's bothering you, that's holding you back, and you want to submit them, you can submit them in audio or written form, and I will take them. I'd be happy to take them. Okay, here we go. This is from Maeve, and here she goes. My question, this is Maeve Sitchko. My question is about interiority. You are supposed to uh, make your characters more clear, uh, through their interiority, but you are not supposed to uh, uh, tell their feelings. Uh, so I would like uh, more assistance on this question. It's not holding me back, but it's tripping me up. Thank you very much. And Maeve, you are not the only one that, that, that this trips up. So again, I think this is this idea of interiority is coming more and more into the parlance about creative writing. Um, in more recent years, I think it's also has risen up out of a lot of women's fiction um, and women writers also really wanting to get at the interior lives of their characters. I would imagine that interiority is basically anything that is not it's not dialogue, it's not action, um, it's not telling us something narratively about the scene, but it's telling us something about the interior lives of the character. The word itself, telling, is problematic, though, because we normally like to think of that we want to show what a character is thinking and feeling through their dialogue or through the things that they do so that we feel that we are listening to a scene, reading a scene as if it's dramatized on a stage instead of someone just directly and abstractly telling us something. Um, Maeve refers to it as 
I'm not supposed to tell their feelings. So if you do have a character that's just telling us their feelings, I felt very sad the day my father died. Now that's not going to be very interesting. <laughs> um, it's going to be very expected. And oftentimes just naming feelings like that can really flatten a scene and will flatten the feeling itself. Because if you think about why well, I felt very sad the day my father died, yes, you did, but you also probably felt a number of other things like exhaustion, anger, um, regret, any number of complex emotions that were all fit in together. So to name emotion flattens it and deadens it and simplifies it. So what we're really talking about is not always necessarily what the character's thinking or those abstractions that we can interpret the way the character thinks or lay on the way the character thinks, but I think much more how they think is what we're looking for in a way that characterizes them. Um, and again, I have found this, you know, if you if you look in some, if some of my favorite writers like Kent Harreff or Peter Cameron, they use very little interiority. So you might be a writer that simply uses less interiority, though I do think agents today are asking for more and more of this because they want that inside of the character. And honestly, this is what prose allows us to do in, in the ways that film uh, playwriting other ways don't necessarily allow us to to have that a little bit more explicit interiority versus implicit interiority, stuff that we read in the subtext. Um, I have read a lot of, you know, crime novelists today, uh, more commercial writers, and I'm not going to name the actual writers, but when they go into interiority, I wanted to just wring the characters' necks because I'm so tired of them telling me <laughs> what they're thinking <laughs> and how they're thinking of it. So I do think you can overdo it. Um, but I think thinking about how they think, not what they think, and it's not just always telling, but giving us telling details. Um, I know another writer thinks of it as like a confession uh, that that you can give to us. And it's usually kind of the, the substance in themselves that is kind of nasty and um, uncomfortable and a little bit, you know, weird. And, and yet we're given access to that in ways that the other people in their lives would not necessarily be given access to, or the way that we wouldn't be given access to it in like a, a film or a play or that sort of thing. Um, that is a very broad, very wordy definition. If it is, it's more of a description of what I think interiority. Chris, help me. What is interiority? <laughs> Oh, I don't know if I can help, but I'm I'm happy to try. I mean, I, I love this question in part because I think one way or the other, it just raises, uh, you know, like it, it's a it's the starting point of an interesting dialogue. I think that when I was thinking about the notion of interiority, I was thinking first about the presence of depth. That's one issue that I think has to do with interiority. And the other is the revelation of that depth. Right. So I, you know, I came to literature and storytelling and novel writing through theater. You know, I did a lot of theater as a as a high school student and um, in my early 20s. And I remember an acting coach once saying, probably because I was not acting very well, the character always has to have a secret, even if that secret is a rock in their shoe. You know, there there's always has to be something that's not told, right? So that, that's separate from the action that's happening. I think that as, as novelists and as storytellers, we know this, but I still need to be reminded of it. I still need to be reminded that like, you know, the narrative is a surface, right? Action is a sort of a surface. And I think interiority has to do with um, sort of, you know, moving the goalpost or, or making sure that what is on the surface is not all there is, 
right? And then there's the question of, well, if we have, if we're constructing a character and we want to make sure that um, the way that they act, the way that they engage in dialogue is not the sum total of that person, how do we reveal it in such a way that it's dynamic, you know, which is complicated because we have fewer tools than we would if we were using dialogue, you know? Um, yeah. and, and I mean, with regards to the way that I manage that, I never ever, I think Don and I were talking about this. I, I don't think I ever sat down and said, well, what is my character's interiority? But I do know that I wrote from a standpoint, I've written from a standpoint of anxiety with regards to how I convey that information. You know, like in, in my second novel, I was only reminded of this when I heard the question, um, the character opens their head and the thoughts jump out of their head and run around. And I know that sounds weird, but it was a problem solving issue for me because I wasn't sure how to, uh, how to reveal that interiority in a dynamic way. You know, so if anything, maybe it highlights the it highlights the issue, you know, or the problem. Yeah, and I it, and I love it in a in a dynamic way because it will hopefully surprise us. It's not something that we can read through the surface. Um, it's something that we have to get at in another way. Um, in our chat, but it can be an, a really interesting. Actually, what I was, yeah. So for me, you were saying that there was a revel a revelatory moment for you about the that kind of image of the feel, you know, kind of the get things getting out of the head and sort of jumping around. For me, it was actually what you just said um, about the rock in the shoe. Like yeah. that was so shocking and startling and interesting to me. Like I actually wrote it down because I'm thinking about when, when a character has something that's hidden, that's sort of inside, and we all do, we have layers of what's hidden. You know, and it's, it's, you know, what we keep secret, what we keep private and the interface between those two things and the interface also in the tension between what is told in dial. Cause for me, you know, interiority, and it's not a word I actually, and I was remarking on this earlier. It's not a word I ever use. Like I never have that in my head when I write. So I'm still now trying to translate it into words that I do use like feeling level and voice and 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 those are spaces that I do use. I, I'm actually I that the other thing I wrote down that you said was presence of depth and the revelation of that depth because that really resonates for me. But that idea of a rock in the shoe, like that tension between what a character might be saying in that moment and what they might be feeling, because I actually think dialogue can be, you know, can reveal interiority. And that tension between what's said and what's unsaid, that tension between text and subtext, like that, that tension between what, when someone says one thing, but means something else, and you can, you can not dramatize that, but you can dig in to that tension when, because you have access to that sort of deeper feeling level, that depth and that, and that sort of, you know, burgeoning um, or sort of maybe more more explosive revelation of that. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think that the trick is, so one, one of our listeners in the chat looked up the, the definition in chat GTP um, yeah. or GPT, and I don't necessarily know if this is helpful, um, but I think it's it's good to look at, but because I think this is why 
people confuse this so much. So chat GPT says that interiority refers to the inner thoughts, emotions, and mental experiences of a person and encompasses their subjective and personal experiences that occur within their mind and consciousness, often hidden from external observation. Interiority can involve a wide range of aspects, including feelings, thoughts, memories, desires, beliefs, and self-reflection. Um, understanding interiority is essential to gaining insight into your characters. Um, but again, notice how we are already complicating that because you could do that in a very um, telling way, a, a way that is not dynamic, a way that is not kind of uh, not naming. You, you don't want to be naming the subtext. Um, you still want the subtext there. We have someone else in the chat says, why is interiority not dialogue? Doesn't dialogue re reveal a character's thoughts and emotions? So this is very different. Dialogue is going to be something that's actually said out loud. Interiority is not. And I think as what Don said, that there is going to be oftentimes a big difference between what a character says or admits out loud to others and what they're actually thinking and feeling inside. There's a, and there's an, not just not just a difference, but an opportunity, right? So Absolutely. there's an opportunity when you're writing to really play in that space. And that creates suspense, that creates drama. Because because the, the reader's always wondering, or the reader might be wondering, is that going to come out? Like, is how, how the character really feels? Is the information about the rock in the shoe or that splinter and like that sort of like that thing that like, hurts and digs and and creates pain or blood or, or tears like is that gonna come to the surface like that's part of where that tension can become propulsive in a story right i mean right there's a difference between having a rock in the shoe and saying i have a rock in my shoe Correct. right or, or the ways in which you have a conversation when you have a rock in your shoe and you don't ever mention the rock yes. but you're you're annoyed throughout the conversation. I mean, I do think one of the things that, that interiority is pointing to is it's pointing to that narrative balance that includes interiority. Like I'm seeing a, a, some mentions in the chat of um, the way when, you know, the way uh, agents are are looking for uh, interiority when they're, when they're reading manuscripts. And I think that makes a lot of sense. I think what that might point to, though, is making sure there isn't a lack of interiority, right? Making sure that there's that kind of wonderful bounce between or alternation between interior life, uh, you know, what a person presents when when they're a character and they're projecting themselves into the world and what's going on, you know, for us as readers that the other, you know, the characters can't quite see. I also think, like, Michelle, as you're talking about it, it occurs to me that one of the cool things about the question is it points to this sort of like high wire act of how do I convey this information without you know, um, uh, without showing, without stating too much, right? Without telling too much in such a way that um, the game is up, you know, that like all of a sudden the like the narrative isn't doing the, the work of allowing the reader to participate. You know, I, I think I told you both before we were online that I happened to be teaching Kafka yesterday. And so I had this question of interiority in mind when I was uh, teaching the metamorphosis. And uh, I, can, I can go down this path more if you'd like. But one of the interesting things about that is in the beginning of that story, Gregor Sampson wakes up, he's a bug. And there's so much, um, there's so much inner dialogue, right? The first few pages of that story is him talking to himself. And what he's saying to himself on the surface looks like interiority, right? He's talking to himself, but but everything he's saying has nothing really to do with what's going on, right? So there, I think there might be a little bit of a difference between um, 
like interior narration and true interiority, right? Like the care we're learning more about, about Samsa because of what he is not thinking to himself about what's really going on, namely that he has woken up as a bug. I don't know if that makes any sense. It does. It does, it I, does I just, because we would expect it more from him. We would expect him to be horrified and yet he's not. And so it tells us quite a lot about who he is. Don, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, like, I, I actually feel that the phrase might not be getting, like the, the phrase interiority feels like something that, that an agent, like, we, I mean, in the chat, there's like the conversation about what how an agent might describe it. But what I'm curious about is how to kind of talk into that as 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 a writer and pro, you know in in process, and I I feel that that um, that space of presence of depth and revelation of that depth might actually be that's actually how we get to an you know presence of the feeling level or a presence of the interiority on the page like what or what someone might describe as interiority which sounds like you're describing it from the outside so I, i'd love to talk a little bit i'd love to hear from both of you about that idea of the presence of depth and like the revelation of that depth and how how that you work into that in your process does that make sense yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think one I think one reason why this might be coming to a head now is because so many people watch film and television and don't read as much as they should. And so they are only seeing the surface and they don't know how to convey that inside complex life of a character. So this is really about character development. It's about voice. It's about emotion. It's about understanding humanity um, anyway. And, and how do you get at it? So I actually, for me, it's, it's I have come from a tradition in which um, my family never talked about feelings or never talked about the deep down dirty stuff that they were thinking about. Um, and no one around me did either. And my characters also wouldn't either. And, and so I was always, and I still wrestle with how to get at that interior life of my characters when my characters won't even necessarily admit it to themselves because their culture tells them not to. I once had a reader tell me he was an author he was a spanish author and he says he said for my first book it seemed like my characters existed beneath the landscape that somehow the landscape was emoting for them which is exactly what i had wanted to do actually because these characters are rather repressed so i was having it come out of the landscape in the way they described the landscape and the way they interacted with the landscape and that's the only way that they were able to admit to um, that inner life. Now, Don, you talked about having to rewrite the voice of Jackie. Um, and part of that, I mean, just to kind of get her right, just to kind of get her voice down. Like what was that process trying to get at more of her inner life there or more of, of character depth there? Well, because I, I've sort of, and you and I kind of did that event years ago. Um, on voice. And, and I feel yeah. like for me, voice is the phrase that I use, like from in my head, like that's what I, and, and when I sit down to work, I mean, I worked on that book and then I abandoned it and then I came back to it and I, I kept abandoning it because I didn't have the voice, which someone else might describe as the interiority. Like, I'm not sure. Like it's, I'm really curious about that, like how that translates or how, or that interface. 
Um, but yeah, I just didn't, I didn't have it. Like it, it was sort of dead on the page. And, and so I, um, I had a few sections though, that really, really worked and I could feel it. Like I could feel that those were the, those were the, and it was passages. It wasn't like pages. It wasn't like, you know, so I, I found those pages and those passages and I, um, tried to really sit with that, let that sink in. And then I, yeah, I sat down and rewrote the whole book from that space. Like, but it was, for me, it was about cutting. It's almost like cutting into another space inside. So being able to kind of access, because I think sometimes what you said about, about that we, that there's so much more that people are watching films. So we're transacting on that level of what's, of what's visible, like that surface level and what, what is revealed through dialogue and action and visuals. And so we're not having as much access to that, what I would describe as that feeling level. And so, and even for me writing, like I, it sometimes takes time to dig down. You don't yeah. always have it at the beginning. So for me, I like think some writers do, they can sit down and, you know, they just kind of can start on page one and write all the way through and the book is finished. And I just don't work like that. For me, it's more of a cracking open. And sometimes it's incredibly time consuming, um, but it's how I sort of bring forth what's in that underneath. Yeah, I use that that phrase cracking open quite often. Um, and it takes me several passes over a scene to get at my character's kind of um, surprising, um, astonishing dynamic interior life that they're bringing to the present moment. Um, and that, because it takes me a while to understand my character in that way. And it takes me a while to understand what is really going on with them. So you're learning the character at the same time as it's coming out on the page. I have one thing before I pass it again to you, Chris, I wanna say someone in the chat said, my main character is the narrator, so the interiority of the other characters is a challenge. I can only show what she perceives. Yes. So when we talk about interiority, we're talking about the voice of the narrator, um, whoever's narrating a particular section, and how that voice implies something deeper within the narrator instead of necessarily telling it to us directly through exposition in ways that we can't already guess at and we get ways that we can't already read the subtext. Chris, how do you... I mean, you you probably also, or do you? Do you sit down and be like, oh, I need to work on my interiority today? Well, you know, I don't know that I that the question quite takes that shape, but but I think maybe that is the question because I think as I'm as I was listening to Don talk, I was thinking, you know, I definitely have that experience with with all three of my my major projects, uh, my three novels, and the one that I'm working on now. Boy, I can write and write and write, and I don't know what's what it's really about and i think that is a question of interiority like you know there is the difference between what is happening and what is what is really happening right or what is really happening for this character and um i think that's a that's one of the most exciting inquiries for me for writing but it's also uh it's also the thing that takes me the longest to sort of figure out so as i think about let's say my first book which took me 10 years to write you know, I had a lot, a lot of things happening in that novel, but I didn't really know what was going on with the main character until year seven, you know, and I think, you know, I, I read when I looked into this issue a little bit, um, I looked around on electric literature, there's this um, this essay by a writer named John Thornton Williams called about indirection of image and interiority. And one of the ideas in there is 
um, the writer looks at the ways that narrators look at images in the prose and the, the ways in which they characterize the images tells tell can tell the reader about the, the characters in her life. Right. So if I'm as a character looking at something um, and the way that I phrase that, the choices that I make from a narrative perspective, tell me more about the, the narrator. And I thought, well, that resonates for me, you know, as does as does Michelle, what you said about your process and the fact that, um, you know, in in your work, there are or in your background, it's not easy to get to the stories and, and the difficult stuff, you know, that's that resonated for me as well. So. I think that layering process is probably a process of increasingly discovering the depth, you know, um, yeah. and finding ways to get to that depth in a way that feels fresh and true. Yeah. Um, you know, some tricks. So in the chat, one uh, writer says reading with my writer brain engaged is the best for me. Reading and looking at how other authors are doing interiority and even writing that out by hand, um, things that really click for you, that that can be helpful. And, and just to get the kind of tools in and kind of understanding what this is about and how other writers do it. Uh, this writer also says, um, rereading her own work, pausing to think, what do I know about this character? What do I expect them to do next? And how did the writer make me understand that? Um, I try to reverse engineer the tools in my favorite writer's toolkits. Yes, yeah, so reading someone else's work. Um, you know, one thing when we talk about layers, um, one trick is to uh, thinking about, okay, what is my character? And this might feel a little mechanical for some, but if you're having a really hard time in that moment, what is my character feeling at this moment? And then what is the feeling beneath that? And what is the feeling beneath that? So getting down to that third level feeling and writing from there can oftentimes be true and will usually convey that first level feeling in a more implicit way um, and a more indirect way and a more interesting way that can work for you. Um, what I Dawn, think you're interesting about what you, yeah. yeah no I am I am I'm taking notes what 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 I think is interesting though about what you just said is that is that I, I again and I I know I keep going back to that granular sort of you know experiential process um but what you just described is so interesting to me because what is my character feeling what is my character feeling beneath that and what is my character feeling beneath that because what emerges then is something that isn't always so intellectual, you know, or cerebral. And it's not necessarily something that we manipulate intellectually, right? I mean, it, it may be something we know, but there are levels of knowing. And the knowing, that sort of deeper knowing is actually what really drives voice. Like it's that going deeper, but not necessarily. And you have the, you're, you're sort of, you know, you're going after the language of it or the metaphor to kind of like access some of those deeper spaces. Um, but then it becomes this, this incredible tension between, between those layers inside, right? Because one of the things you started with, Michelle, was that when we name an emotion, we deaden it. But it's when we name the sing like a singular emotion. Because yeah. we're always, you know, we're always experiencing many different things at once. So this idea that we can understand a feeling, right? And it's singular is part of what creates things, it, you know, is, is what makes things flat. Mm. It's the complexity of sort of a different, like like multiple emotions interplaying at the same time. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. 
Absolutely. Yeah. It, uh, yeah, I, I'm just thinking, you know, the last time I was on the I was on the 7 a.m. novelist, we talked about structure and we talked about that Jane Allison book, Meander, Spiral and Explode. And Don, yeah. as you were talking, I was thinking about the shape of a spiral, right? This, right. Idea, this idea of a narrative right. that somehow gets closer and closer to the true interiority, you know, and, I, and it seems like those things as they should align. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And I do think, um, you know, you're not going to be able to do a character's interiority unless you really understand the character. And that's why it takes several passes. I mean, this is about learning the character on the page, how they are growing for you instead of being able to plan it out ahead of time. I think it's in, in the process of writing and the process of laying words down that you are learning who they are. Um, for instance, I know um, Rebecca Mackay um, does a talk about interiority and she, she talks about layers of interiority. And what's interesting is I've also heard this um, agent talk about it in the exact same way. And again, it's, it's a rather prescriptive format for doing it, but Rebecca McKay says, well, think about the major point of a scene, like the major turning point of the scene, the, the point where something happens that changes the situation or changes the character's relationship or moves the scene forward in some way. Uh, something is said, something is done uh, that your character either does or says or that they notice. So that's the surface level. And then they assign oftentimes a judgment to it of some sort or an assumption about it. Um, so let's say a married man is not wearing a wedding ring and the character realizes this. They're going to assign um, assumption about that or, you know, they, they might think, oh, he's single. Great. Or, oh, he's open to, to being with somebody else, even if he's married. Or, oh, he's a dirty old man. Or, oh, what's he's a liar. You know, what, whatever, whatever sort of, whatever the character brings to it, because that's also going to shape who the character is, what they bring to that assumption. The next level down that they're talking about is then that assumption will oftentimes lead them to a memory or some experience in their own life. And, and to remember always that your characters are constantly working through multiple moments of time. So whatever they have experienced in their childhood or in their young adultism, that is always with them all the time. And so getting knowing some of that and knowing some of that backstory that they carry with them always is going to influence that what they observe, how they observe it, and what they assume about it. And so you might then have a chance then to go into their backstory there. What are they thinking about? What in the past is this reminding them of that allows them to make that assumption, um, that allows them to, to do something with that observation? And then, the, and then the final level of interiority was, do they then make a decision according to their assumption and according to their past that carries the seed forward. Now that can be a very methodical way of doing it, but if you are having trouble with interiority, it might be something that you can practice. Um, and again, it's I think it's also about just learning who the character is um, and figuring that out and constantly going through those those levels. Can I? Um, yes, Michelle, please. I would just say for some reason as uh, that 
that to me is is really eye opening. Um, I would say it's occurring to me as I was listening to you that I I find a lot of that information. I think when I write, I write letters to myself about the work that I'm writing quite often, and I find it for some reason more helpful to bounce out of the scene that I'm writing or the chapter that I'm writing sometimes and just take a little time and and ask myself, what is this about? I know what happens, but what is this about? For some reason, I have a little bit of an easier time getting out of the narrative and getting to some of that depth than I can sometimes, you know, do sort of within the scene. But do, yeah, you, exactly. do you think that's partly because on some level, you know, like that's kind of what I'm getting, you know, what we were getting at earlier with these levels of knowing, like I, I actually do the same thing and and I don't know a lot of other writers. I mean, maybe other writers do it too, but I, in my journal, um, cause I do everything hand, you know, I do everything by hand, <laughs> but I will write and I, and I write it specific ways. Like I write it on the diagonal as opposed mm -hmm. to on the straight lines. And I always wonder like, why do I do that? And I think it's cause it's another way in. You know, yeah. sort of like, wow. you know, just like going in on the slant. And I find that when I ask myself those questions, it's like I'm living in the question, right? Like to, you know, borrow Rilke's phrase, like I'm living in that question. And on some level, I already know the answer, right? Because it's, but I don't know it yet. And and the the discovery is also then ideally what gets layered into the, into the narrative arc. Yeah. And Don, when you talked about, working on the voice and knowing that some parts of the voice were, you felt it. Mm -hmm. What did that, what does that mean? And then you might not be able to describe it. No. Well, it's funny because I, um, I, I eschew writing adages. I, I just, or this idea that there's a singular process or that there's like show, don't tell, like, well, actually that doesn't always apply. Like I just sort of tossed them all out the window. There was only one that, um, that really stuck with me. And it was, it was something that, um, that Margaret Atwood said in a book that the original title was Negotiating with the Dead. I think it's now been reissued as The Writing Life. Um, and uh, and she said, there's only one question to be asked of any piece of writing and is it alive or dead? And I use that constantly. And I just, I use it when I read other people's work. I use it when I read, you know, a a, a book I'm, I'm, I'm editing. I, I use it when I read my own work, like, and I, I feel it like I kind of like, I know like it's, it, it either has life on the page and it's life I can work with, or it's just kind of filler to help me get from one place to another. And it ultimately needs to go. Yeah. And it kind of chills you a little bit. That's it does. It does. And it, it allows for a degree of ruthlessness that, that I find really, really helpful. I love that question, by the way, the Margaret Atwood question. And I do think it's a question that speaks to depth. I think one of the things that makes the prose feel alive, you know, is this notion that that there are layers to it and there's more to discover and there's more for the reader to do to discover that depth. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm also going to. Um, so Brandon Taylor has a Substack article about this. His Substack is called The Underdark, and he really talks about He's really exploring, like, is this exposition? How is it not exposition? And he goes into actually some older novels that he really loved um, to look at to to explore the issue. It's it's a, it's a long piece, um, but I do really uh, recommend it. And then Courtney Mom also has a shorter piece about it, so I'm putting those both in the chat, and I'll put them is in those 
in the podcast notes. Um, and, and finally, one thing that Courtney said in her piece, she said, interiority is weird and embarrassing. Interiority is earwax on a Q-tip. It's intimate and nasty. Interiority isn't telling necessarily. It's about showing telling details. So yeah, we are looking for that earwax on a Q-tip. We're looking for that surprise, um, that kind of confession that chill that you get when you know that you've got it. Okay, everyone, you can find everything that we're up to on our Substack page at, at 7amnovelist.substack.com. Subscribe there for updates. You can also find our full range of podcast episodes on that page, including episodes from our past two writing challenges, as well as on any of your favorite podcast platforms. And if you like what we're doing, please follow, rate, and review our podcast so we can reach other listeners. Um, Donna, Chris, do you have any final words about interiority or more broadly how you might how people can break through their own writing obstacles or how you might break through your own how people can kind of forge ahead when they're facing some difficulties with this stuff which is an enormous question that I didn't tell them I was going to ask them about and I'm just throwing it at them and normally I tell people ahead of time that I'm going to ask them this question I actually I actually think the the I think it's to find your own language. Like it's to find your own process and language. And there is no singular process. There is no, like, so, so if the word interiority actually resonates with you, then, then if, if, if it allows you to access those deeper levels in a character and allows you, um, for me, it's not a word like, you know, after I leave this podcast and go back to my own kind of writing life and working on my next book, um, it's not a word I'll use because it feels too outside for me. So for me, voice is the word, but there is no right word, right? There is just, and there's just like, there's no right process, just like there's no rules, like, but finding your own way and digging into that. And then sort of really, I, I do I do love that one phrase of um, the only question to be asked of any any piece of writing is, is it alive or dead? Because for me, that works. Like for me, that is that kind of edge that I'm constantly, that access, right? That I'm constantly working toward. But finding my own language, finding my own process, and the process changes book to book. I don't have a process, you know, the process I use for Jackie is not the process I'm using for the, you know, the book I'm now under contract for. Like I just, I, I just, I'm using something, something, I'm using different points of access. And, and there's a liberty in that and a joy in that that is really important to to how I work. Yeah, keeping keeping the whole process alive. Chris? Yeah, I, I think I would probably want to emphasize as a last note, sort of the importance and the joy of surprise when you're writing, because it seems to me like what we're talking about when we're talking about this issue in part is letting ourselves be surprised by the depth of our characters, you know, and surprise is sort of my secret weapon as a writer. I love the feeling of writing and realizing that I'm writing and I seem to know what something is about and then I just don't. And that, you know, that that sort of welcome experience of depth not only for the reader but depth first for me. So I I guess I would I would say, you know, just let yourself be surprised as a writer. I think that's one of the great joys of the craft and I think it also leads to the kind of effect that we're that we're all looking for. Yes, absolutely. Okay, excellent. Guys, you've just had Don Tripp and Christopher Boucher give you a master class on interiority. Uh, They're both wonderful writers and wonderful teachers. So this has been a really special morning to have these folks on. Everyone else, I hope you are able to get back to your writing desk. I hope you're able to find those moments of surprise and even enjoy it a little bit as you're working today to get to that next level down. 
Good luck and good writing.